In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, paranormal researcher Joshua P. Warren discovers a time warp in the Nevada desert near Area 51. It may be sometimes there is a, a variance in space-time that allows us to sort of glimpse into another dimension or another realm. So there are a lot of possibilities here, whether we're looking at something man-made or something extraterrestrial or a combination of those two or something that is natural. This podcast is brought to you by the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. If you like rock and roll and you like unsolved mysteries, true crime, the paranormal, you're going to love this exciting and innovative podcast, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. New episodes drop every Wednesday at midnight Eastern. Interviews with people who know, the experts, the people who were there. The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone is heard exclusively on the Jericho Network in association with Westwood One. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome to your Friday. 
and I am coming to you from the nation's capital, Ottawa, and the beautiful Lord Elgin Hotel. I mentioned last time that the mighty Aphrodite was invited to the 4th of July celebration at the residence of U.S. Ambassador to Canada, Kelly Craft. So that's why we're here. I was not invited, of course. This was a pretty hot ticket. Uh, nevertheless, the boys and I had a great time hanging out in the pool here at the hotel. Now, next week, this podcast will be coming to you not from my little studio beneath the stairs, but from a small cottage up on Long Lake in Bala, Ontario. I'm taking the boys up there for a week of some bass fishing and a little R&R. Looking forward to that. We're going to start packing just about the time I finish this podcast. So next week, if you happen to hear some crickets or a loon, the crickets are actual crickets, not the uh, the sound effect you hear after someone delivers a really lame joke, usually me. And uh, and the loon would be a real loon, a, a ring-necked loon, not loon as in short for lunatic. You know, nothing symbolizes the Canadian North, the wilderness, more than the haunting call of the loon. My guest this episode is certainly not a loon. He's a solid and credible researcher in the field of the paranormal, and he's always on the trail of some exciting new development. And recently, he has discovered some potentially earth-shattering news in the Nevada desert. He's found a location north of Las Vegas in which time actually slows down. You heard me correctly. Time actually slows down. Joshua P. Warren made the discovery using a gizmo called a DT meter or differential time rate meter. And he spent 20 years breaking ground in the paranormal. He began publishing at the age of 15. At age 25, Simon & Schuster published his book, How to Hunt Ghosts, now widely considered a classic in the field. In 2004, he made the cover of the science journal Electric Spacecraft for his work on the mysterious brown mountain lights. He's the founder of Lemur Paranormal and the Asheville Mystery Museum. He often corresponds for Coast to Coast AM, hosts the nationally syndicated Speaking of Strange radio show, and is a regular personality on programs that have aired on the Travel Channel, Discovery, History Channel, National Geographic, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, and more. And through an open, imaginative mind, Warren tells the facts with a warm, respectful sense of humor, yet reduces them down to solid lab experiments to separate fact from fiction. And a quick Google search demonstrates why his schedule includes major events regarding ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, psychic phenomena, time warps, and everything that presses forth the boundaries of normal reality. Joshua Warren, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, always a delight to be with you, and it's amazing how every time we talk, there's so much new content, so much is happening so quickly in the world. Well, in your, as I've said this before, but it's true. I mean, you really are on the cutting edge. I mean, you you don't just uh, talk about ghosts and, and sort of offer up the same old, same old. I mean, you are out there in the field, boots on the ground, doing research like nobody's business. 
Well, you know, thank you for saying that. And it, it is true because, you know, I listen to all of these podcasts and radio shows like everybody else. And it's amazing how you have certain people who come on uh, maybe twice a year and it's just like a rebroadcast. They just say the same stuff over and over. And that can go on for decades. And uh, I'm very fortunate that not only do I frequently have new research to discuss, but that I'm, I'm given the ability to go on and talk about so many different topics. Well, uh, talk about. Let's talk about what happened in the uh, the deserts of Nevada. First of all, uh, tell me about this this piece of equipment uh, that you uh, you stumbled upon. Where did you get it? What does it look like? And what does it do? Yeah, it's really amazing how all this came together. Um, you know, I am here in Las Vegas right now, which is a new part-time residence for me. Uh, I've, I've been here frequently over the past years anyway. Last year, I shot a TV program here, and this year, I shot another TV program and did an event, and so that's why I decided to get a more um, stable residence. And, I, I, you know, I'd never been to Area 51, and so I decided recently I'm going to, uh, to make the trek up there to Area 51. I didn't expect to see too much because I know it's just you know a, a base in the desert. Um, but I was I was looking for a good uh, a good opportunity to go up there, and the timing could not have been better because out of the blue, I was contacted by this Silicon Valley engineer named Ronald Heath, and uh, he is actually it, it turns out he had emailed me a few times before over the years about one thing or another, but um, his name didn't ring a bell right off the bat, but um, he has a long history of creating some very innovative electronics within his industry, but he's always had this kind of um, uh, of secret love for UFOs, and he told me it really goes back to his fascination with the X-Files, and there was this one episode where Mulder puts a stopwatch next to his car and then he walks to a UFO hotspot with a second stopwatch and then he compares the two later and there's a time difference. So the idea being that these UFOs are using a technology that that somehow manipulates gravity and that that changes the way time flows. And so Ronald Heath had always wanted to create a device that could sort of replicate that research. And, and this is it. Uh, he created this thing called the Differential Time Rate Meter, or DT Meter. And I'll uh, describe how it looks and, and roughly how it operates. So it's very user-friendly. Uh, in fact, that's what he wanted to do, create the first like user-friendly thing that would, would help a researcher do this. On one end, it has a meter, which is a little blue box that has a screen on it that looks like a calculator screen, and it says 0.000000. And that meter is hooked to a 100-foot-long cable, and on the end of that cable is a sensor. And that sensor is constantly sending a signal back and forth between the sensor and the meter and comparing the two. And basically the idea is that this signal is always supposed to travel at the same rate of time, meaning the meter is always going to read zero, uh, even given a margin of error that's pretty darn wide. 
The only reason it should change or deviate from that is if a black hole were to approach Earth, which is not likely to happen <laughs> anytime soon. Right. And so, uh, so he, he essentially created a meter that's not supposed to detect anything. <laughs> you know, right. Like, according to what happens in the classroom, what they tell you about physics, it should, that thing should always read zero. Right. And, uh, and he, he said he'd been using two of them, testing them in California for months and uh, never got one anomaly. Uh, and he said these things were logging their data 24 hours a day onto a computer, and he sent me screenshots and everything. So he said, uh, I, I have not made this available to field investigators. You're the first guy I contacted. You know, you want to do some tests? And I said, absolutely. So I obtained one of these, and the first thing I thought of was the story that the ever-controversial Bob Lazar tells about his work at Area 51, and because I saw Bob Lazar in person a couple years ago talk oh, about yes. this. In S4, where they were that, yeah. back engineering uh, flying saucers. Yeah, and then he was given some kind of an engine that supposedly came from one of these craft, and he said that it was a little larger than a basketball, and that it had some property that would manipulate gravity and time in its close proximity. Uh, he said, for example, you could take a candle and put the candle cr close to the engine, and the, the flame would just freeze in midair. Element 115. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, and, and he's not the only person, you know, again, he's a controversial figure, but there are a number of people who've talked about this. There have been experiments going all the way back to the 70s where people have claimed they've documented some time anomaly. Um, so I figured, OK, what I will do, and I didn't tell anybody exactly what I was going to do in advance, I figure what I'll do is I will take this device to Area 51, spend the night there and come back. And just be my wife, Lauren, and myself. And along the way, driving hundreds of miles from Vegas to Area 51 and back, I will stop periodically, about every 20 miles or so, get out in the desert, and just take a measurement, take a reading. Not only with the DT meter, but I also had a couple of Geiger counters, some radio microwave detectors. I mean, I had some night vision goggles. I had all kinds of stuff. So I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be cool if everything's normal and then you get up to Area 51 and you get some kind of, you know, weird anomaly? I mean, that's sort of what I hoped would happen. Turns out everything around Area 51 was completely normal. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Uh, I, I didn't pick up anything that was too strange at Area 51. However, at this nondescript uh, uh, part of the desert – about 20 miles north of Las Vegas, I picked up this anomaly in which time slowed down by 20 microseconds. Now, what that means is that if you take one second and you slice it up into 100,000 pieces, one of those pieces is a microsecond. And so um, it's it's very tiny, but it's still a very significant. I mean, you can get a lot smaller than that. You can get down to nanoseconds and stuff. And so um, this device indicated that time for a moment had literally slowed by 20 microseconds. And and this is a meter that I'd use all over the place. It's it's You calibrate it before you use it. And it never given me any kind of an anomalous reading. So I got back and... Um, 
I showed this reading to uh, Ronald Heath. I emailed him a picture, and he said, wow, that's incredible. He was ecstatic, and he couldn't believe it. And I said, well, this is very interesting. Let me take another look at where I got that. And guess what, Richard? It just turns out that that spot, that nondescript spot in the desert, that just so happens to be one of the most popular UFO hotspots in the area where some of the most amazing footage has been captured of these strange lights in the sky. And I thought, boy, that's awfully coincidental. Hmm. And so I, um, I, was, I was getting excited because I thought, man, what I, what I ought to do is start traveling around the area as the first field researcher with one of these devices and start taking measurements all over the place and plotting my results and then overlaying them with these hot spots where people have seen not only UFOs, but maybe experienced ghosts or some kind of psychic phenomena. You know, what if it matches up? Right, right. And so I put a video together mainly for my own audience because, you know, I have a lot of people who follow me. I do a podcast on my website and that kind of thing. I put together a little video with my results and the information, and um, I got a uh, a call from the local news station, Fox 5. They wanted to do a story with me about this finding. That was seven days ago, and since then, this story has exploded. It's been covered by Newsweek, uh, Inside Edition. It made Drudge. It was on the main page of Fox News. It's been covered by media in China, Russia. I mean, it's just like it's insane, the amount of interest. And so I've gotten very little sleep over the past seven days, <laughs> and, and, and this is just the beginning. So that's the gist of it. And I know there are many, many questions that uh, would spring from just what I've told you. So <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, this could be the story of the century. Uh, so, uh, you know, like all scientific, uh, the scientific method, it has to be repeatable. So did you go up there on another occasion and, and uh, test it again to see if you were getting the same reading in the same area just to rule out it wasn't some sort of an equipment malfunction. Is this repeatable, I guess is the point. I went back to the same area and I did not get it again. So at this point, I cannot say that it's repeatable and it is possible that this was some kind of equipment malfunction. On the other hand, um, Again, the equipment has worked very well as it's supposed to in every other case. And I don't think that um, it's that shocking to consider there may be time anomalies around because, you know, NASA has indicated that this sort of thing exists. I mean, in 2004, um, they had a project called Gravity Probe B in which they traveled around the Earth measuring the space-time curvature, and they found that it's very inconsistent, um, which is why you can go on Google. Google and type in NASA gravity map, and you can see how uh, varied the gravitational field is around Earth, and that will affect the flow of time. So this is not something completely brand new, but this is just the very first step in my research. So, you know, the first step in the scientific method is to gather data. And so what I've done is plot my first data point. Um, and so by no means am I saying I can draw some grand conclusion about what all this means, but this is my way of being as transparent as possible about the entire process so that wherever this leads, people will all be able to, to keep up with where it started. Right. Now, when you're talking about these, these time dilations, 
and you mentioned the black hole. I mean, this comes, I guess, from Einstein's theory of relativity. And if you were, you mentioned approaching, if a black hole were approaching the Earth, it could uh, cause this type of effect. Um, I mean, I'd love to hear what a theoretical physicist would have to say about this. Like, how much gravitational uh, pull would we be talking about when we're talking about two, was it 20 microseconds? Yes, uh-huh. 20 microseconds. I mean, what kind of gravitational pull would be required to, to have that kind of effect, 20 microseconds? Yeah, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer to that, but I also feel like that it's possible that the reason that I got this momentarily is that, well, there are a couple of possibilities. Number one is that there actually is some kind of technology that's being experimented with um, that will manipulate uh, gravity, whether it's something man-made or not gravity, but but time, uh, whether it's something man-made or there happened to be a little UFO zipping around at that moment, which is using a similar technology, um, which makes this even more difficult to pinpoint. Uh, on the other hand, the second possibility, which personally I think is more likely, is that this is actually a natural phenomenon, that there are going to be places all around the Earth that have these little wrinkles in time that we've n never been quite aware of before. Um, one of the reasons is that people have not been able to run around with a DT meter yet. Um, and so, you know, I'm the first person who was able to get out and do this. But I think over the coming years, when people now have this tool and they can get out and start finding things, then we'll see that there are places around planet Earth which might um, sort of waver or flicker. Uh, and it's possible if you go to places like the Bermuda Triangle or Brown Mountain, where the Brown Mountain lights appear and places like that, where people see these strange lights, it may be that um, sometimes there is a, a variance in space-time that allows us to sort of glimpse into another dimension or another realm. So there are a lot of possibilities here, whether we're looking at something man-made or something extraterrestrial or a combination of those two or something that is natural. Uh, but certainly, uh, I have no doubt uh, that as time goes on and people are able to go out and, and document this stuff for themselves, that we will see this as a much more common phenomenon. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Paranormal researcher, author, Joshua P. Warren is here discussing a time warp he's discovered in the Nevada desert. After your little uh, excursion to the outskirts of Area 51 with this device, and, and then this went virtually viral in the media, there, there were no visits from uh, men in black or anything like that? Well, actually, um, the, the first night, this is last Tuesday, when the story broke on Fox 5 here locally in Vegas, within an hour, I started getting alerts from any 
uh, online system I had saying somebody's trying to hack. You know, I mean, I got text messages, I got emails, I got you know all these alerts from Microsoft and Google. Change your passwords, change your passwords. All of that hit within an hour, and so I had to sit down and go through everything and and you know reinforce stuff and change passwords, and so that was a bit uh, uh, synchronistic. Um, and then since then, I I don't feel like that. Uh, anybody's been, you know, keeping an eye on me directly. However, um, I have gotten a ton of emails from people with various backgrounds. Today, I got one from a man who says he works at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And uh, he said that he is fascinated by by this and that he actually purchased one of these DT meters and that he's going to run around and start doing some experiments himself. So uh, I tell you that because it's obvious that the word has gotten out even among the, the authorities who are taking this potentially seriously. Um, I also want to point out because I've mentioned this, uh, you know, the fellow buying the meter, I don't have any kind of uh, vested interest uh, in the meter. I'm not selling it. I've never even discussed an arrangement with Ronald Heath. So I'm not talking about this in order to profit from it, um, but I do hope that people will go out there and reproduce what I'm doing here because I believe we'll find some fascinating stuff. Well, this could be uh, sort of the the new version of uh, metal detectors. You know, that that's a great hobby for people. In fact, Bill Wyman, former bassist of the Rolling Stones, is a big metal detector enthusiast, and he... Uh, he has his own line of metal detectors. So, I mean, this could be the metal detecting of the 21st century, and that's, you know, go out and hunt for a time dilation. I mean, what a fantastic hobby that could be. Well, yeah, and of course, it's fun on, on many different levels, but, you know, one of the things that I, I think makes this kind of challenging is that um, I may have gotten very, very lucky when I was out there uh, last last Tuesday, or actually... My dates are getting mixed up. I was there a few days before the story broke. But anyway, I, I may have gotten very lucky being at the right place at the right time because finding one of these might be like finding a rainbow or something. I mean, it's it just it's so unknown at this point. Uh, I can understand why the, the, the critics out there say, oh, come on, you know, this this guy, he's, he's just making a big deal out of one measurement and it's not even repeatable. But the way I feel about it is uh, if we just simply ignore a point of data that's the starting point of a whole other process, then we're sort of demeaning the possible outcomes. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite stories about Benjamin Franklin traveling back and forth between America and Europe, and he found that it would take uh, two weeks longer to get from Europe to America, then vice versa. Nobody knew why. Everybody knew this, but they didn't know why. So Franklin, being such a curious guy, he started dipping empty wine bottles in the ocean on his trips there and back and taking the temperature. And uh, after a while, he plotted these points and he saw a pattern and he realized that we have this thing we now call the Gulf Stream, which is like this warm river of water that flows through the ocean. And he published his results. And for years, people still didn't pay much attention to it, and merchants lost a lot of money they could have saved if they'd known how to navigate around it. So this is like Benjamin Franklin 
taking that first measurement and saying, huh, this is interesting. You know, the water is warmer here. And now let's see what happens the next time we take a measurement over here. Um, so we're far from looking at the overall complete design, but that's why we need all interested parties on, on deck here to go out and start uh, plotting these areas. And then we'll hopefully consolidate them over time on a website. Well, I'm sure you're getting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of suggestions as to where you might uh, go and test thing out. But I have two that immediately jumped to mind and one uh, is the Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, just earlier today, someone else said the same thing. You need to take this to Skinwalker Ranch. And I think that's a great idea. I mean, uh, they, there are so many places. And um, I, I, I'm also excited because, you know, I've been doing this kind of research now for about 27 years. And I've been to a lot of places. Well, now I feel like I can go back and revisit all of those places and measure them anew. Uh, and so who knows? I mean, I may already have um, a list of great places just from my, my past that I can now find more research uh, relevant to. Right. The other place that, uh, that jumps out at me is the Isetti Ranch. Have you talked to James Gilliland about maybe taking this device out there? Because, I mean, if they're able to... Uh, you know, bring UFOs to within visual range virtually at will. Uh, I mean, think of, I mean, what a great laboratory that would be if you were to take this DD, DT meter to the ESETI ranch. Actually, I believe that is going to happen because I got a message today from a guy who said that he is going to be at the ESETI ranch for the upcoming Soltech conference uh, hosted by Jimmy Church. And that he said he is bringing one of these DT meters. So he might be the first person to make it up there um, to take a measurement. And so uh, you're right. I mean, these are the kinds of places that uh, spring to mind and everybody's gonna want to say like, I was the first person to take this thing to that spot, you know, to see what happens. And so it's pretty exciting. And uh, the um, I'm I'm oh, I'm scrambling now to think of the name of the um, the uh, the structure in uh, Joshua Tree National Forest. Uh, oh my gosh, it's um, has you can go in there with these. It's got these strange vibrations and so forth. The Integratron, the Integratron. Mm. It would be another place you might consider taking it. Oh, yeah. You know, the list, it, it goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be something if we find that there actually is some kind of a universal grid um, where you, you might find, you know, clusters and patterns at certain areas. But what if we find that all around the world there is some kind of pathway where you get some uh, time warp avenue or something like that. I mean, it just, you know, the, the imagination runs wild. You're, um, you're living part-time in Puerto Rico. Uh, of course, you know, the, the, the Bermuda Triangle right there in the backyard. Um, could, you, could you take this out on a, on a boat? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for the past five years, I've spent uh, much of my time in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, in fact, I just received a message the other day from a television production company working with the Science Channel that's asking me about going back out there to film with them. And that would be a really cool thing to bring with me. You know, that hurricane last year really changed a lot of the operations in Puerto Rico. So I'm not going to be able to go back there as, as often and do as much given all of the infrastructure limitations uh, they continue to struggle with that I mean it's just a, it's a constant uphill battle um, but I definitely feel like that we will find the Bermuda Triangle is just filled with these types of things and um, that's why I, I understand why that you know for now a lot of people may be hesitant to um, to sort of envision what all this means, but I'm I'm presuming that within a few years this will this won't even be newsworthy anymore so much because everybody will say, look, they're they're everywhere. Well, I think that's that's one of the things that I admire most about you is that you are bringing the the, the world of the paranormal together with the world of science, and one day, as you say. The paranormal will simply be those things that we haven't yet explained scientifically, and this may be one of them. I certainly think so. That you know, the, the paranormal is only paranormal until till we learn something new. And and I understand that there are a lot of your mainstream scientists who don't have the ability to come out and publicly talk about something like this. You know, you have scientists who they spend uh, who knows how much money, maybe a million dollars in student loans and stuff to get a degree, and then they get a, a, a solid job and they want to keep that and not uh, rock the boat and maybe get tenure and all that. So they may be interested in this sort of thing and they may even have their own data and results, but they're not going to jump out there and say, I've discovered a time warp, you know, because it just, it sounds too bizarre. I, however, can do that because I, you know, I work for myself. Uh, nobody can fire me if they think that I'm a wacko or whatever. And so uh, what I'm able to do is take that extra step and say, let's look into this possibility because I know that the moment the paranormal shifts into the normal, then those scientists will be able to step in and say, okay, we'll take it from here now. You know, um, but uh, but for now, you know, I'm not afraid to to get out there and and you know do this kind of fringe research and talk about it publicly. Where where can we pick up one of these DT meters? Does does uh, does Mr. Heath sell them online, or where are they available? As far as I know, he's only made two or three of them, and they are on eBay. Now, if you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, uh, you'll find all kinds of good stuff. But if you click the link there to my report on this, I have links to all kinds of supplemental information, including um, the UFO footage and um, various things related to the article and the, the presentation. And one of those links is to the DT meter. And so you can go and you can read all of the details about how this thing works. And there is also a link to the eBay page there. So you'll find all that through, um, through my website. And give us that website, Joshua. 
Yeah, it's joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P in the website address. It's just joshuapwarren.com. And, uh, you know, I have all kinds of interesting, amazing, uh, free content there. And so uh, I hope that all the listeners will go and check it out. And also, uh, you know, send me any ideas that you may have. I read every single email. I can't respond to all of them. That would be a full-time job. I'd get nothing else done, but I read them all. I appreciate suggestions, and um, there's there's plenty to think about there at uh, joshuapwarren.com. Always a pleasure speaking with you, my friend, and uh, congratulations on this new area of research. Looking forward to hearing more about it. Hey, it's been a great conversation. Thank you, Richard, and I'll definitely keep you updated. joshuapwarren.com. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's it for me from the beautiful Lord Elgin Hotel in Ottawa. But before I head on out of here for a tour of the Parliament buildings, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on episode 89. Coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited, the secrets of anti-gravity revealed. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 